Hi everyone, this is Amy Infinity, and you are listening to The Key to Courage. Hey everybody, it's Amy Infinity, and welcome to The Key to Courage podcast. This week's episode starts us out in our Courage series. I know that you might be thinking, oh, it's the Key to Courage podcast, so doesn't it all have to do with courage? It does. (laughs) In one way or another, the episodes previous, they've all had to do with with courage and finding courage in your life in order to get you to that next level or to get you over something um, or through something. But in this case, we're actually kicking off where we're actually talking about the word courage and what it means to have courage in certain aspects of your life. And in this case, this episode has to do with courage through grief. Now, you might be thinking, well, that's kind of somber. Why are we starting out with courage through grief, of all things? Well, I, on a personal level, am going through a period of grief of my own. For those of you who followed me on Facebook or Instagram, you might have seen some of my posts as of recently, and um, you may know also, just by knowing me, that uh, my, my what everybody else calls pets are actually my children to me, and I just recently, just two weeks ago, just lost one of my babes. And so (laughs) I'm choking up as I talk of it, but I'm going to try to do this episode with as little crying as possible (laughs) Um, as I look at his picture on the wall, of course. (laughs) Um, But anyway, that brought me to this, which I think is a very poignant thing, a, a very important thing to point out is that courage is not just for getting to those bigger places and spaces in your life. Courage is something that gets you through day to day, and uh, there is so much courage in some some of what everybody perceives as the smaller acts of life, and in this case, especially when going through something as heavy as grief, uh, that I don't think we stop to acknowledge enough. I mean, of course, we all like to think we're very sensitive when people are going through you know, sad times of, of dealing with a death in the family or even not death. Sometimes it's illness or something that is bringing on grief. Um, but then a lot of us outside of the equation don't really see just how hard it can be just getting through a day-to-day. And so in this case, I've come up with a short list of uh, 10 different things that I've found um, that in my own day-to-day that um, I'm acknowledging for you, but also saying this on a podcast, I'm acknowledging it for me as well and in, in, um, giving myself a little, a little give uh, on these things that um, may seem simple, but it's just, you know, not when it comes to when you're grieving somebody. So the first of these is getting up in the morning. I mean, if you anybody has experienced any kind of hardship or sadness, and especially the loss of a loved one, one of the hardest things to do is just get yourself out of bed. And what I'm finding is with my little guy, I mean, he was a part of every aspect of my life and would be right next to me or under the covers. And so just getting up in the morning 
can be one of the most courageous things you can do when going through that. So I want to acknowledge that. I'm, I'm going to say right here and now, this episode is not about necessarily solving and turning things around because to me, I find that grief is a very, very important part of, uh, of life. I mean, and being able to allow yourself that sadness and allow yourself to get through in a very organic kind of way. Um, I know that uh, those, again, that have followed me for a bit here, um, you may know that I am what I call a tuck chinner. I have a really, really hard time acknowledging uh, any kind of uh, emotional, well, I, I will say like I do acknowledge emotions I'm going through, but a lot of the time I have to just keep going. And one of the hardest things for me to allow is sadness, is allowing myself to be able to grieve or fall apart. Um, it's just me in my household right now. And so if I can't get out of bed, then no dogs get fed. <laughs> Nobody gets out to go potty. Um, I don't make any money. I, you know, like there are a lot of factors. So just to get yourself out of bed, that is one of the most courageous acts in going through grief. Um, number two that I have on my list that I made here is when you look around and you notice things, that sounds so simple, but you notice things that just throw you back into that spiral down into sadness. I look around my, my place right now and I see, you know, things like the medical equipment that we needed, um, you know, even dog food um, that my other puppo still eats, uh, but is a part of the equation because it was, you know, kidney food for my babe who had the kidney stuff going on. So, I mean, the the arm of the couch where he used to reside all the time, you know, like the, all the things. So there was so much courage in being able to to look around and still see them and at the same time still hold yourself together. So give yourself some credit for that. Triggers and memories. That's similar, but the same applies. I mean, I'll be out and about and obviously at a certain park or at a certain place we used to go. Or even the other day, like going on an on-ramp on a way to, you know, it threw me into a, a brain of the, the, the day I had to drive him on his last day. I mean, it, there are a lot of things that even in just the world around us that we need courage to get through in, in facing grief. And I want to acknowledge that as well. And this is, you know, I, I'm speaking of, like I said, my my pup who is and was a child for me. But this applies just as much to any human being or any other being that may have been a, a major part of your life. Number four, crying. And this doesn't only apply to grief. There is so much courage in crying. And I say this, I do not say this lightly because I am very bad at crying lately. <laughs> I don't think there's a right way to cry or a bad way to cry, but I just haven't been able to for a very long time. I've been, uh, you know, separated and then divorced uh, for better part of, you know, now we've been apart at least, what, four or five years and then divorced just in the last few. And through that whole period, I maybe cried like, handful of times. Um, 
Now, I think that was more my tuck chinner self of getting through it without too much emotion bringing me into a zone where I can't operate, which I don't necessarily think that's a great thing. I think I could have gotten through probably a lot better if I had allowed myself to to cry a little bit more. Uh, I wanted to cry, actually, quite often, and I couldn't. I think I had just bottled it up and sealed it up. Well, you can bet in going through all of this. With with my pup, it was a over three-month period of uh, a lot of intense medical care and and uh, doctoring and trying to get him to eat and things of that nature. And so through all of that, I mean, I didn't want to necessarily share uh, all of that with everybody. Again, Tuck Chinner. Um but it was more because I didn't want any outer influence into the positive way I was approaching it, which is we were looking ahead and I didn't want to hear the, you know, people coming in with the I'm sorry's and the, you know, who knows when the end is. And I didn't, I, we were talking about it and treating it as if there wasn't an end, although we were still treating medically and whatnot. So with all of that, I cried a lot <laughs> behind closed doors and also, in any time I would try to talk about it with people, I think that's when that would bubble up. And then ever since, you know, his passing two weeks ago, I have been a mess. And I, I, I think there's courage in that. And I, and I can say that now. Um, it's hard because at the beginning, I actually started recording this and had to stop and start over again because I was crying already. But you should allow yourself that. I think in any kind of grief situation, circumstance, and everybody says that, you know, don't bottle it up and, but actually believe that that's a courageous act. It's not just, you know, letting it out. It's, it's, you are, are doing an awesome thing, both for yourself, as well as in honor of, of the one that you may have lost. So, and that brings me to the next one, which is acknowledging acknowledging that it is a loss. I think one of my biggest troubles right now is being that the, um, he was a dog, uh, is that people treat that differently. I think our, our you know, pets, pet children, you know, are just as heavy in our lives, just as big in our lives as any human being. That's at least for me. I have no human children, but I think even if I did, they would still be, they would be as integral and as intertwined. And in some ways, for some people, even more so than human beings, because they are with us all the time and they love us so unconditionally so there is a little less complexity in the relationship uh, most often at least in the way that there could be animosity or you know to me like they are pure souls and so to lose that is heavier than heavy and I think there are a lot of people who don't understand that and so what I'm saying when I say acknowledging right now being a, a, a courageous thing is acknowledging on multiple levels, acknowledging how heavy it is for you. And even when everyone else moves on, even when, like in my case, you know, there are people who are empathetic and sympathetic, say at work, but who completely do not necessarily understand the weight and the heaviness and the fact that this was like a human's passing times a thousand for me. So acknowledging 
in yourself the courage it takes to actually acknowledge the heaviness and acknowledge the gravity of that. And that's been really hard for me on a day-to-day. And then the next one is uh, going back to work and actually surviving. (laughs) I mean, when somebody passes in your life, whether it's quiet, whether it's unexpected, whether it is expected, the world can seemingly stop. And then actually having to go back and do quote-unquote, ordinary things. It's excruciating. There is no bereavement leave for when a pet passes away, at least not at most workplaces that I'm aware of. So you're expected to just go back on the job and deal and then act as if, I mean, yes, you can be sad, but just even getting through, like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so to me, that's a very courageous thing is actually getting yourself out the door and getting yourself back to work or getting yourself up at home again, back to number one, getting up, uh, and actually getting work done, whether it's at home or away. That's very courageous. Now moving forward is the next one. And then without forgetting, I think there it's, it's such a, a hard conundrum right there. Because here I am in this, you know, I, I'm solo right now. It was just my my little boy and uh, and my little girl, my two puppos. And so now it's just she and I. And we're moving forward with this together, trying as much as we can. And uh, at the same time, I don't want to forget. I don't want things to go unacknowledged, but because a lot of our lives have been lived just with the three of us behind closed doors, um, you know, that's what I'm, I think one of the things I'm most worried about. And so what I would encourage you to do is start writing it down, start writing down the memories. If you can, if you can handle that, if you can manage that, I know that that I've, I've started to do that at odd moments while I'm blubbering or whatever. And I just want to write things down, just the little things, even like the, the, the smell of, of them. I mean, that sounds, you know, for, for those of us who love the smell of puppo feet and pup tummies, I mean, that's just, wow. Um, but like the little noises they'd make or, you know, in the case of humans, just any of the things that you are worried, the little nuances. Every once in a while I'll be driving and something just kind of strikes upside the back of my head of like, oh yeah, I don't want to forget that. I need to write that down because otherwise nobody would ever know because nobody ever sees or saw his little little habits and things. And I think that's, again, very courageous of you if you can, if you can move forward but also acknowledge and allow yourself to not forget. Then the next one is honoring both the person, the animal, the whoever it happens to be, and your feelings. Honor the fact that they they are gone. Honor the fact that they were of the utmost importance to you. You know, they're... This is a big thing. Going through anything with grief is a big, big thing. And I feel like, again, a lot of the time we get caught up in our lives to where we don't allow it to be so big. We think that we just have to keep going. And 
in my mind, in my heart, I know that, that grief is one of those, you know, again, we all share that experience at one time or another. And we all handle it differently. And I don't think that there's any shame in the fact that grief will always be with us. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's bad in the experience. It feels awful. But grief is one of those things to where, you know, what, are we working to get over it? No, I think there's honor in the fact that we can still feel sad in thinking that they're gone. But then maybe think to the greatness that they were and honor them for what it was they brought into this world. And in that case, that is how I'm choosing to to approach all of this. I only had my sweet Da Vinci for a little over three years. And, you know, some of you might be like, well, then how'd you get that attached? No, 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 no. He was, I I don't want (laughs) to spend too much time on this podcast talking about this because, you know, for those of you, again, who've seen my posts, I've I've mentioned it a couple of times, um, just more kind of what his meaning was to me. Um, But I guess what I'm trying to say is that in that short period of time, the the meaning that this this little boy had in my life was beyond what I can even describe. Um, because of how he came to me, when he came to me, the pureness of his soul and spirit. And I feel like I, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate to that, whether, again, it's with a four-legged or a two-legged. <laughs> um, there are sometimes people or creatures that come in and out of your life for short or for long, and then when they are gone, it is just one of these, wow, like I've lost an appendage. And then at the same time, you were like, wait a second, I don't regret a single second of any moment that I had with that that person, that, that puppo, whoever it happened to be, because that was the gift. And if we can look at things in that way, I won't say it diminishes any sadness. It doesn't make it any easier. But at the same time, it honors them and remembering them for why or how the blessing, the miracle that they were here. So number nine, I have reason or not. And I think what I meant by that was whether or not there was a reason really that they, like you can put your head around that they were taken from you. Honor the fact that there may not be a reason. In this case, I did not know about his illness until it was, I, I don't even want to say that it was, you know, too late because I still got an extended three months with him. But at the same time, it was kind of, you rack your brain as to, but what could I have done and how could I have fixed this or how could I have preempted this or you know, we all as human beings look for reason in tragedy, in grief, in sadness. You know, all of those things make us go down that that spiral of, but there has to be something to point to, to say this is why this happened. I think it's human nature to want to make sense of that. But I think that there's also courage in acknowledging that there may not be a reason. 
at least not one that we want to hear, or at least not one that even needs to be dug into. Because at the end of the day, I hate to sound, you know, brash here, but at the end of the day, they are still gone. And the reason doesn't fix it. And it might make us feel better because then we can make sense of it more. But even then, like it doesn't change things. And I know we all have our own grieving process and we all have to make peace with things the way that we can, the way that we do. But sometimes you have to let that go. So I'm struggling with that now. Because again, like sometimes my head goes back into that. Was I a good enough mom? Was I, you know, did I do enough things? And it's hard to not go into that. Or did I give them enough love? Did they have enough life? Did they, you know, like all the things that you hope, did I give them enough time? (coughs) But there's also, like I said, I think courage and being able to stop yourself, step back and just appreciate that what happened happened and now we're on the after end and now we get to choose how we want to honor that and how we want to to move forward from that so and that brings me to the last one here allowing it to be okay and by this I mean your grief I think I already mentioned this but grief is okay Nobody wants to be in grief. Believe you me, I I definitely don't, especially as a courage coach and wanting to help people uh, and, and help animals and help all the things. So the last thing I want to do is be drawn into sadness and grief. But I am human, just as you are. And so allowing it to be okay to be sad... <laughs> To miss him, <laughs> to cry, <laughs> it's okay. And there is so much courage in that, in finding our commonality as people and going through these things. And then realizing, like I said, at the other end, that there is light and that there will be light. And you will never forget them. And that is good. That is golden. They will always be a part of your heart. So that to me is the courage in grief. Is having courage to get up every day, move through, don't forget, and yet also give yourself. Allow yourself the forgiveness, whatever it is you need in order to to come to peace, to come to terms with the fact that they will always be with you no matter what. And they know how much you loved them. So thank you for joining me for this very deep episode. Of course, like I said, kicking off our Courage series here at the Key to Courage. (laughs) Um, And... I hope you'll join me again and hopefully on a happier topic. I mean, at the same time, I don't want to invalidate the importance of all of this. 
Because to me, our sadness is just as glorious as our happiness because we are all human and this is a wonderful thing called life that we all get to experience together. So thanks again for joining me. For more uh, notes and ideas and thoughts on courage and helping you get through whatever it is that you might be going through, whether it's small, whether it's big, whether it's day-to-day or getting to that next level, please come find me over at amyinfinity.com or at infinitegumption.com. And we have some exciting things coming up here as well. So keep an eye out for them on social media. And I hope to see you in our new warmth community, a group also on Facebook. So thanks again for joining me. Have a wonderful week and take care. Love you. You have been listening to the Key to Courage podcast. For more inspiration, resources, and to get you to that next level, come find me over at amyinfinity.com and infinitegumption.com. I'll see you there.